Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, I know that uh, you definitely missed me. (laughs) I don't often get to go away, and I certainly don't often go away when there is so much news and big news at that. But I have to tell you, being in La La Land, or the land of crazy people, San Francisco, California, was kind of an interesting place to be when all of this was happening. I got to San Francisco late Thursday evening. Well, actually, it was early Friday morning, like one o'clock in the morning. And the news had already broken that Donald Trump was going to be indicted or had been indicted or whatever. There was a sealed indictment. So on Friday, it was extremely big news and it was pretty much wall-to-wall coverage on every major network. And all I kept thinking, and I'm not watching the networks, mind you, I'm just looking at the internet. And all I'm thinking is, this is like 2016 redux, right? This is what it used to be like when CNN had ratings and MSLSD had ratings because they covered Donald Trump from morning until night, this is what it was like. And I could only think that they were salivating because nobody's been watching those stations, particularly CNN, in quite some time. So all of a sudden, you know, they've got a story that they enjoy running with. And, uh, and I was laughing because I'm thinking to myself, you know, everybody's freaking out and everybody's trying to figure out what's going to happen, what's going to happen. I had a lot of people telling me, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing and it's the worst of all possible stories. And I'm saying to them, mm, I get a funny feeling that this is exactly what uh, the Trump campaign needed right about now. And that's too bad because this stinks. I was going to use the other S word, but I don't think I'm allowed to say that. But this really, 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 really stinks. And I, I sent a monologue in yesterday so that you know you'd be able to hear some of my opinion. And I did a video, uh, face thing on Facebook on Friday because I didn't want everybody to think that I wasn't paying attention. Of course I was paying attention, but I really had time to ponder it. And of course at two fifteen this afternoon there'll be no more pondering. There'll just be facts, and then there'll be uh, commentary. But for me to go into some sort of long-winded commentary as I've seen every other pundit do when I still have not seen what the indictment reads. I mean, apparently Michael Isakoff got it leaked to him by Alvin Bragg's office, and apparently it's 34 counts. Well, I read 33 and I read 34 counts that are the lowest level felony possible. And, you know, and and I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure this out. Like, what is the end game here for anybody? Thirty four barely felony felony counts. 
They're not going to get the picture they wanted, the mug shot, because you don't need a mug shot of somebody who everybody knows what he looks like. So, you know, it was fascinating to me. They're not going to get the perp walk. He was accompanied by the Secret Service. You know, nobody's going to be in an orange jumpsuit, no handcuffs, none of that. So, you know, basically, like anybody else, he'll be arraigned on these charges. And at that point, the judge will be presented with the 34 felony counts and the attorney, Cho Takapina, and the other Trump attorneys will step up to the bar. The, um, the, the judge will ask, how do you plead? And uh, Donald Trump's going to say not guilty. That's it, you know. And there's going to be all these people out there protesting against the arrest, protesting for the arrest. I mean, you know, it's going to be a big, um, a big mess, they will take his fingerprints, I've been told, but they will not have a mugshot and there will not be any handcuffs. You know, the purpose of a mugshot is so that people know who the criminal is. I think everybody knows who Donald Trump is. The purpose of, a, uh, of handcuffs is because they feel he's a, you know, a, a flight risk or a danger to the deputies. You know, Donald Trump's a danger to the left, but he's not gonna hit anybody. And then, of course, you got uh, the president of the United States, this doddering old piece of garbage, Joe Biden, saying, like, oh, I have faith in the legal system. I have faith in the New York Police Department. And I think they'll handle any kind of unrest. Okay. You know, I have no faith in anything anymore. I don't know about the rest of you. And I'm looking at the... Uh, the pictures outside of the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse. And of course, the media is making it look crazy. Absolutely crazy. There's banners that say Trump or death. There's, uh, you know, lock him up on the other side. Uh, we will not be intimidated. Witches know this is not a witch hunt. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And there was already some fighting outside. Marjorie Taylor Greene has showed up and the... Uh, police chief uh, and the mayor, Eric Adams, oh, you better not start anything. And they drowned out her speech this morning, whistles and shouting and protesters and reporters and people getting knocked over and all the rest of this. And, you know, you're saying to yourself, like, the world is looking at America right now and saying, this is crazy. It's almost as crazy as what's going on in Israel. Well, they're both crazy in their own way. And I cover that in my podcast, which will drop later today. I just don't know what their end game is. But even like, you know, people who are hardcore left are saying this is going to end very badly. You know, this is just not going to work well for this country. If you care about this country, this is not a good day. You know, this is not, you know, I love the fact that the Trump campaign was able to raise like $4 million in the first 24 hours after the indictment was announced. I love that because it tells me, and by the way, most of it in donations of $34 or less. I love that because what it tells me is that the base is re-energized. And, and I think the base has expanded. You know, what I'm reading from all of the number crunchers out there, and you know that's my favorite part of this is crunching the numbers, is that there are people supporting Donald Trump now who didn't support him in 2016 and de didn't support him in 2020. Why? 
because it bothers us. It bothers people that you would go after a president who happens to be the only, you know, well, one of the only announced candidates for the opposition party's nomination. All of us know that's just wrong. None of us think this is a good idea. Well, I take that back. Like Keith Oberman probably thinks it's a good idea and Rachel Maddow. But who cares what they think? They don't care if this country crum crumbles. They don't like this country. And I get that, you know? I get that. But really, the majority of Americans are disgusted by what they see going on. The majority of Americans know that we look like a banana republic now, where the party that wins the election goes after the party that lost the election and puts people in jail, former presidents. This is what they do in Myanmar. This is what they do in you know Botswana. This is what they do in Venezuela. This is what they do in all of these countries that we would look down our noses at and say, oh, you know, that, that, that's just a third world nonsense. And now it's us. Now we're the ones doing this. And if you're not embarrassed, I'm embarrassed enough for both of us. How about that? I really am. You know, I'm standing in California, and you know it's, it, it, it's really... Um, not resonating well, even with the left, when not a single person was talking about it in California. Not a single person. I went to a lot of places. I went to Dave and Buster's. I went to stores. I went, uh, you know, I, I, my grandkids dragged me all over the place. The only thing we didn't get to do was go to the movies because apparently Mario, Super Mario, doesn't open until today or tomorrow. So we we missed the one thing that we were kind of excited about, well, we were excited about everything, but everywhere I went, I even tried to initiate a conversation in like some really liberal, you know, health food store. And, uh, you know, the people just shrugged it off. They're not happy about this. Even the ones that hate Donald Trump, they just are embarrassed by all of it. You know, they, they don't find Alvin Bragg heroic. Nobody does. And of course, guys like Bill Maher, who are actually pretty smart, even though they're still stuck in their left lunatic uh, mindset that they kind of grew up in, I get it. You know, I got family members like that, really close family members. So they're stuck in that lunatic fringe kind of thinking, but they don't like this. They don't want to see skirmishes between pro-Trump and anti-Trump protesters. You know, the, the, this is not look good. And, and you know, and, and the, 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 the tenor of some of these banners and stuff, they just, this is like really, it's embarrassing. That's all I can say. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by our cities. I'm embarrassed by my hometown of New York. I was, you know, raised there. And I look at it right now. We're talking about the whole city is on fire today because some stupid, and I do mean stupid, district attorney allowed himself to be pressured by the most you know, ridiculous leftists in, in a ridiculously lefty city, backed by the ridiculously lefty mayor, allowed himself to be pressured into uh, you know, a case of falsifying business records regarding a payment and an NDA to a, 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 a dancer, I don't know, whatever you want to call Stormy Daniels, a porn star, you know? 
Even her lawyer's in jail. Uh, Michael Cohen's in jail, the one who supposedly paid off the porn star. Okay, everybody went to jail, but not Donald Trump, and they weren't satisfied because it's always been about getting you. And that's what you need to understand. It's always been about getting me. It's always been about getting Dan Bongino. It's always been about getting Sean Hannity. It's always been about getting Mark Levin. It's always been about getting Rush Limbaugh. May he rest in peace. I'm glad he didn't have to see this day. Although he would have mad. He would have been fighting mad. You know, this is about vengeance. And in my faith, vengeance belongs to the Lord. You know, now it's going to be a circus. Are they going to have video cameras in the courtroom? Well, the judge will decide and we'll find out. And just, let's see, it's 12.15. In two hours, we will know what exact, well, maybe a little more than two hours. We'll know exactly what the charges are. And I, I'm just going to make a prediction, all right? I'm not prophetic, but I, I, I know my stuff. You know, in two hours, we're going to find out that just about every attorney of any repute is going to step forward and say, oh my goodness, this is really, really weak. Really weak. And all it does, you'd almost have to think that the Trump camp orchestrated this. You know, keep everybody's eyes off of the one investigation that might actually yield some minor results. The, you know, election interference in Georgia. It's the only case I can see. I mean, the special prosecutor's off his rocker too. You know, so this is all... The same thing. And all the public hears is, get Trump, get Trump, get Trump. And all the public is thinking, I can't afford groceries. My house is being foreclosed on. Can't afford to send my kids to college. Get Trump? How about get us some relief? How about the people in East Palestine? How about the people in Arkansas? How about the people in Alabama? All these people that have gone through these terrible things in the last two weeks, and the top headline in every major publication and on every radio show, including mine, you know, I'm guilty, is like, get Trump, get Trump. Trump is being indicted. Trump is going to court. Is he going to get fingerprinted? Is he going to get mugshot? Ugh. You ought to be as embarrassed as I am. And if you're not, well, have a good time. You know, enjoy yourselves. Because, you know, you will join me on the wall of shame one day. And now I got to listen to endless interviews with Stormy Daniels. Please, please, Lord, spare me. Spare me the insanity that's coming. What did they used to say in 2016? You know, Donald Trump, with all of his shenanigans, he gets so much free time from the media. They're constantly covering him. Here we go again. It's okay for me, because let me like reiterate something I've said over and over and over again in the last nine months, but let me put like an exclamation point on it right now. Can you say Trump 47? Anyway, don't forget to download our app or go to the website 850wftl.com so you can get in on these contests. We have a pair of tickets to Bites and Spirits, an evening of live music, food stations and spirits and a silent auction benefiting United Community Options of South Florida. Or we're giving away a pair of tickets to the second annual Fork Cancer, a party with a purpose that brings together the best of Palm Beach's vibrant food, cocktail and entertainment, uh, all put in one place for one night, April 20th at Norton's Museum of Arts. You can only enter to win 
on our app or at 850wftl.com. Stay where you are. I'll be right back. And I am loaded with for bear. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So I made my trip. I went out to California, did what I had to do. And amazingly enough, um, I really had a, a, a very, very peaceful time in spite of everything that was going on here. Because you have to understand, as soon as I got to California, that, that next morning, Friday morning, I was already getting messages from my able-bodied producer Sharina saying like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, Trump was indicted. Everybody's, their hair is on fire here. What do we do? And I have to admit that there have been other times when a story has broken and I have felt like just, you know, terrible about not being in front of a microphone, like I'll be in Israel and something will break. And, you know, I think to myself, oh my gosh, you know, my listeners are eager to hear what I have to say. But you know what? Bottom line was I did not have that experience this time. Instead, I thought to myself, for the first time in a long time, I'm going to have an opportunity to really look into this, you know, think about it, spend some time, you know, making good choices about how I'm going to cover it. Because everybody jumps on these stories and everybody gets a lot wrong. And, and I'm one of those everybody's. There have been times when I've been so eager to get a story that I'll forget that we don't have all the facts yet. And I'm doing what I saw everybody else do, you know, just sort of flying by the seat of the pants. You know, we, we should know enough as radio personalities or television um, television stars, whatever they are. We should know enough that we could talk about just about anything. So I um, I was just kind of grateful. I, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but I was just kind of grateful that I would not have to jump in before I even had a chance to think about it. And so this may be a very different, maybe a more measured Joyce Kaufman response, to be honest. Because the hysteria that I saw unleashed, and now mind you, I don't watch television here. So I certainly don't watch, well, I don't watch television in front of my, my 10-year-old and 7-year-old grandson. I don't watch news. I don't, you know, it's not my business. It's their family, their house. They do things their way, and I would never do that. But every, you know, twice a day, I would check my feeds and check my websites, and I would look at all this stuff, and everybody was like their hair was on fire. Oh, my God, and this is going to happen, and this is not going to happen, and this will happen, and this, oh, you, you know how this ends. It's good for Trump. It's bad for Trump. It's good for, you know, for, for Biden. It's good for John De, Ron DeSantis. It's not good for Ron DeSantis. It's good. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, oh, my God, nobody knows what they're talking about. How often have I been suckered in that way? 
but not this time. You see, this time, I'm concerned with the future of this republic. This time, I'm worried that we may have actually gone too far, and we may not be able to pull back from this horrendous you know, position that we've been placed in by some a guy I never even heard of, Alvin Bragg, until George Soros gave him enough money to run for the district attorney's office in New York City. And mind you, all I've heard since I've come home and have not, I'm still not watching television. I did watch, uh, when I came home last night, I did look at the, the Tucker Carlson show for a few minutes, and even that I had to turn it off because it's amazing. You know, how much leaking is going on already? You know, oh, these are the charges, and and this is the, and I'm thinking like, who calls up Michael Isakoff? What what kind of a you know DA or member of his staff calls up a reporter and tells him all this uh, you know poop? By the way, a reporter who's also you know uh, fairly well known to the Trump people. Who does that? Well, it's only in this modern age that this happens. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I grieve for my country. I grieve for the fact that my constitution has been shredded. And now people are literally, you know, doing a jig on top of the shredded constitution. They, they just don't care. They, they'll burn down the whole country if they have to. That's their intent. And it's just so sad to me. You know, in my podcast today that comes, that will be dropping today, hopefully, I try to send it again, um, you'll get an opportunity to hear an opinion piece, which is half me, half somebody else. And, and basically, w what I end up talking about is the fact that we have finally come to a place where I can see how empires end. You know, this is how it happens. The rule of law becomes a weapon. And it's not even the rule of law anymore. It's just a political vengeance tool. And you really can't have a republic. You can't have any kind of democratic government when you allow one um, philosophy, one political party to basically penalize or even in, in, indict the leading candidate of the other party. Because you've done two things. One is you've interfered with an election. And we're like one of the last places on earth where we like actually value election integrity. We like, you know, we, we make marches and protests to keep elections uh, free and fair. But you should have known this was coming when they started saying, okay, anybody can vote. If you're a legal immigrant, go ahead and vote. You know, you can vote in these municipal elections. We'll start there. The, the, even election integrity stopped being important. And when election integrity is not important, then guess what? Nothing's going to work anymore. Nothing's going to work. That's why I'm so sad. That's why you should be ashamed and sad like I am. Because they basically took everything that made this country great and just tore it to shreds and threw it in a toilet bowl and flushed. And then, you know, you're, you and I are supposed to now hate each other 
and, and hate the opposition party and do whatever it takes to stay in power. Because this isn't, yeah, this isn't going to end here, no matter what happens to Donald Trump. You know, if Donald Trump gets, uh, you know, prosecuted and loses and, and goes to jail, we will literally be just like every third world country. Literally. And then when the Republicans get any power, and they will, they've got a lot of state legislatures right now, they're going to start targeting Democrats. They really won't have a choice because they will, you can't cede all the political power, can you? That's what Bill Maher was talking about with uh, Winsome Sears, the uh, lieutenant, general, uh, lieutenant governor of Virginia. And he said what they, what they don't realize is then the minute that uh, you know, Biden's out of office, they're just going to go arrest him. They'll indict him and they'll indict Hunter and they'll indict this one and they'll, and they'll indict Hillary and Bill. Nobody ever you know, looked into the, the, uh, the Clinton Global Initiative, which just up and stopped the minute she lost office. What does that tell you? But, but the Republicans didn't do that. And the question is, why wouldn't they do it in the future? If you can do what happened, what's happening right now in New York City, in my hometown, if you could charge a former president with some basically BS charges, multiple BS charges, they couldn't even just like, you know, come up with one decent charge and go for it. No, no, no. They had a BS 34, you know, business fraud uh, to cover up, uh, conceal a, a, a crime of a, a, of a national importance like an election fraud, which, by the way, was passed on by the Department of Justice and passed on by Alvin Bragg and his predecessor. But hey, don't confuse anybody with the facts. This time, they want him. They're going to get him. And get him they did. The president of the United States, number 45, the one right before the one that's currently you know, reclining in his recliner in the uh, Oval Office, is about to be arraigned in a city that I used to call my hometown. Now I just shake my head and say, uh, I've been here so much longer than I was there. I'm, I'm a Floridian, okay? I, I like my, my governor, I like my congressman. Well, I don't really like my congressman that much, but he's not terrible. And anyways, in the minority. <laughs> so I love my legislature and I'm a happy camper and I'm embarrassed and ashamed that my country is doing this in full view of Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. They're wreaking havoc all over the world and we're, you know, we're watching 45 get arraigned in New York over some BS. If you're not embarrassed, you're really too stupid to listen to this show. Let me take a break and I'll be right back. Oh my goodness, technology is killing me. That's all I'm gonna tell you trying my best to make it work for me, but it doesn't always work the way I think it will. I want to remind you that the next April honor flight will be uh, taking place on Saturday, April 15th, and I'll be posting more updates about that as the days go by. We did have one that came home on April 1st, which was Saturday in uh, Broward County, so that was good. I hear there were a lot of people there, including a nice, sizable uh, showing of Joyce Kaufman listeners. 
because, you know, in spite of everything that's going on right now, if you love this country, then you have to, you have to participate in all of these important things, whether it's honoring the military or whether it's pushing back against all of this crazy DEI and, and, and all this nonsense that keeps getting thrown at us. You know, I, I was curious to see how much of the conversation in California, for instance, would be, forget about the, just the whole Trump indictment. I mean, that's one thing. But there was all this other stuff that was going on that I thought would be interesting to see what their take is in California because California is crazy land. No, you know, there's just no, no other way to describe it. And, and it was so interesting to just be able to get a sense of how disconnected people are in California from reality, from, from politics, from uh, economic realities. I always have the greatest conversations with Uber drivers. So I had an Uber driver that brought me from the airport at you know one o'clock in the morning to uh, my daughter's home, and you know at at somehow some way early on in the trip, I said something in Spanish, uh, and it actually may have been just said the name of something. Only I said it as it would be said in Spanish. You know, uh, it, you know. Marina del Rey or something like that, where a gringo goes, Marina del Rey, you know, and, and I didn't say it that way. So the guy immediately like, you know, perks up and he says, you know, eres Latina, you know, are you Spanish? Are you Latin? And I said, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. And he said, oh, Boricua, you know, he says, I'm from Colombia. I said, oh, that's very nice. I said, how do you like California? And he goes, I love California. I said, oh, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm translating because we had this conversation in Spanish. He said, uh, I, I love it here. And I said, really? Don't you find it expensive here? Oh, very expensive. You know, he said, it's very, very expensive and taxes are very, very high. He said, and you know, here, some people work and some people don't. Ta-da. There's my opening, right? And I want to know what he's talking about. So I said, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you know, there's a lot of uh, immigrants here in California, and some of them are really hard working. He said, you never see, this is what he said to me, okay? This is a guy from Colombia. He's been here about six or seven years. Has family in Florida, but he's in California. He likes it. He says to me, yeah, you know, he says, like, you never see Asian homeless people. I've said that. You know, and people have accused me of bigotry. So now I have this other immigrant telling me that I'm right. You never see Asian homeless people. Maybe you do. I never have. He said, and you see a lot of people who don't work that are of, and then he named two particular groups. And it was fascinating to me because this is an immigrant from another country, a brown person. And he said to me, you know, even among Hispanics, Latins, he said there are those that work and those that don't. And I was, you know, listen, this is my kind of conversation because this is how you get to know what people are thinking in various places, right? And I said, well, like which ones work and which ones don't? And he said, well, actually, like the, the Mexicans work very hard. Like they go to work immediately. They'll 
do whatever they got to do. The, he goes, you can go into a, any restaurant. This is him describing it to me. You can go into any restaurant in San Francisco. There'll be a French restaurant, an Italian restaurant. The entire kitchen staff will be Mexican. Okay, I would not have known that, but okay, I believe him, you know? And then he said, and then there's, uh, you know, there are people that come from other countries that they don't work. And I said, well, like, which countries? You know, now I'm curious. He said, well, you know, a lot of the Guatemalans, a lot of the Hondurans don't work. They, go, they become gang members, he said. And now I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, this is not a man who's a bigot. He's, a, he's Hispanic himself, but he sees a difference in culture. And this is what I always talk about. We have to, you know, we've allowed the cultures to de define us downward. And then he said, you know, people who come from Colombia, where I came from, people who come from Venezuela, people who come from Cuba, they're hardworking. You know, they had successful lives. Their countries were successful. And then these ruthless, horrible governing, you know, pe parties came into power and they all had to flee. And I'm sitting there and I'm dying because look, you know, this is what I talk about all the time, how we have literally um, tied our own hands. We're not allowed to talk about any such thing, right? I'm immediately going to be branded. Even today, I'll get, I'll get the, uh, the notice. Oh, that was uh, probably shouldn't have covered that topic that way. Why not? You know, again, we're not allowed to talk anymore. Freedom of speech is a joke, okay? We cannot talk about anything like this Uber driver and I were talking about. And then at the end, I said to him, he said to me, you know, why do you like Florida? And I said, well, Florida is really, I like the weather. I'm a, you know, tropical kind of gal. Uh, it's too cold here. I, by when I got to San Francisco, it was like in the 40s. I said, it's way too cold for me here. I said, so that's one thing. I said, and... Uh, and I like, I like our politics better. And I could tell that that was the, the, the line in the sand, right? Because he was either going to, uh, you know, reject my assessment of my state of Florida and its leadership, or he was going to have to think about that. And much to my delight, he didn't have to think very long. He said, well, he said, you certainly won't end up um, in the same mess that we see here. Now, this is, a, you know, six, seven years in the United States, and he's already figured out what I keep talking about every day, but nobody wants to listen to. It's just common sense. You can't, we can't go on the way we're going. It's just not working. And we're afraid to admit it. But all empires fall. And we're in the throes of our decline and descent into madness. And talk radio is the last place, place you can go to that will we'll actually talk about this. You know, everybody else is like, oh, Donald Trump is being arraigned. You know, okay, yeah, I mean, I got to cover it. But that's not all that's happening. Our culture is degrading right before our very eyes. Men think they're pregnant and they can be women and... And country music stars are, uh, you know, bringing drag queens onto the stage at the country MCMT awards. And, you know, I, we're arguing over at what age a person can have body parts lopped off because they feel uncomfortable in their body. Oh, th this is insane. We have, we have descended into total madness. 
you know, uh, I'm looking at the some Bud Light commercial with some, you know, guy dressed up like a woman. Dylan Mulvaney or somebody, some kind of important transsexual. Why? What makes him an important uh, trans activist? Of course, if you want to feel better about that, look at Kid Rock's video where he literally takes his AR and shoots up a bunch of Bud Light uh, boxes. That made me feel better. Just did. You know, this is the degradation and the decline of America. Forget about Donald Trump. That, that's a horrible scene. What's happening in New York right now is a horrible, horrible scene. It, it bodes very badly for this country. But what do you expect from a country that literally doesn't realize there's a biological difference between men and women, thinks it's okay to have men competing in, in women's sports after so many years of championing women's sports? You know, what do you say to a society that glorifies men dressed up like women and dancing around and exposing their body parts or fake body parts to young children? What, what do you say to a society like that? Bread and circus is what you say. This is the end of Rome and this is the end of America. And trust me, what's happening in New York City today at the arraignment of President Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, is just more bread and circuses. So, you know, I, I put down the popcorn. I'll make uh, as many comments as I want to about these things, but I am not. And you need to hear me. I am not changing my opinion about anything anymore. If you were born a biological male, you better... You better embrace that or else you better really be able to prove that somehow, once you're an adult, you still feel trapped in the wrong body. And then after a load, a boatload of counseling, maybe some procedures will be tolerated and allowed in society. But this idea of letting teenagers and younger than teenagers, kids, prepubescent kids with blockers and all the rest, this is where the craziness has to stop. I am not, I'm not bowing down any more to the pressure. I don't want drag queens uh, being paraded in front of preschool and, you know, even middle school children. No, no. This is where we got to draw the line. If we don't draw the line, the next one they'll be indicting is me. Anyway, don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro. At 5 o'clock, it's either Michael Knowles or um, my, my, Matt Walsh. And then the WPTV News at 6. Stay right where you are. I have one more segment left. I'll be right back. So it's not New Year's, but it is a resolution that um, I've just, I just have grown weary of pretending that everything is going to be all right. It won't be all right unless we take a position, take a stand. And that's, that's, that's what it's going to take, you know? <laughs> I get it. I get it that we would like the softer, easier way. But that's not going to happen. We've gone too far. We've gone past the point of really no return. And now we're going to have to stand for something. People who won't stand for anything, you know, won't stand for something, will fall for anything. And that's where we ended up. Now, the idea that we tolerated. I, I, I want you to think about this for a minute. And I, I really have about 20 hours worth of material that I have to get to in the course of the next couple of days, right? 
we tolerated the most insidious stuff for the last two decades, right? We kept allowing people to tell us that um, if, if we had any disagreements, that one of us was wrong and a bigot or a racist and the other one was a, an oppressed victim. And we kept shaking our heads and saying, okay, all right, well, I guess, I guess we'll have to go with that. No, we don't have to go with that. We really don't. It's just not true. I'm not a bigot because I think that, uh, you know, that people who are born with uh, female body parts are females. It doesn't make me a bigot. It just makes me like actually following the science. But of course, you know, I've been called enough names that it doesn't bother me anymore. Try that with young people who are afraid, you know, they don't stand up for what's right anyway. And tell them, oh, you know what? Um, if you say that, we're going to presume that you're a bigot. And watch how quickly they succumb to changing. And that's where we are. And anybody who thinks that this goes away softly, it doesn't. It's going to be a real a battle royale. And that's why we have to be prepared. We really do. We have to. Um, it's, not, it's no longer about Donald Trump. It's no longer about, you know, diversity and, and all this other nonsense that we've been told it's all about. No, no. What it's actually about, it's actually about the demise of a great nation. And they really want this great nation to disappear off the face of the earth. And I don't know why. I've been trying to figure that out for the last, I don't know, two years at least, maybe longer, but definitely for the last two years. Like, why would you hate this country so much, a country that other people would risk their lives to get to, and yet you can't stand it? So much so that you're willing to throw it down the, the drain. You know, uh, arrest the president, to do this, do that. You, you just don't care. You don't care about this country. You don't like it. You don't want to save it, which leaves it to people like me and you. You know, I, I'm going to save it. I'm going to do my best or die trying, right? I, I, I have nowhere to go. I don't know about the rest of you, but I have nowhere to go. There's no other country on this planet that I desire living in. There isn't even another state in this country that I desire living in. So I got to fight. And, and you're either with me or you're against me. That's how, that's how I figure. And I know that a lot of people are with me. A lot of people have, you know, definitely uh, made their frustration known. And they are hoping that there's enough of us left to make this okay, to get it right to leave something to future generations that's worth having, you know? Because I, I owe it to my children and my grandchildren, particularly my grandchildren, to make sure that there's something left when I'm gone. And I don't, you know, I don't take that lightly. And neither should you. 
if you if you allow them to burn this country to the ground, then you have no one to blame but yourself. See, not me. Not me. I'll go down fighting. And whatever that looks like, and you know, right away to be, ooh, she, she's talking about uh, violence. No, 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 no. I will only be violent if I'm attacked. If I'm not attacked, then I'll make peace and I'll have conversation and all the rest of it. But it's quite clear to me now that uh, that 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 the left has laid out their hands. You can look at their cards now. Alvin Bragg indicted Donald Trump for committing no crime. They're going to try to bleed his campaign dry by dragging him through another witch hunt and then another witch hunt. But what the left never fails to underestimate is me and you. The more than 74 million American patriots who refuse to allow our great country to become a third world nation, no matter how many witch hunts, no matter how much they throw at us, we can't be bought, we can't be bullied, and we can't be controlled. Our only choice is to fend off the enemy. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I'll be back tomorrow at noon. I'm so happy to be back in the saddle. Oh, thank you, Lord. And uh, in the meantime, just... Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And may God bless you. And may God save the United States of America. Go MAGA. We'll be back tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.